Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. Today is Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. I'm hanging out alongside my main man, Papi Biasi. And today we're going to talk about the submarine, Hunter Biden, transgenderism, child mutilation. No, just kidding. Everybody's probably like, yeah, because I'm about to say, well, you could tag me out because I, I haven't even brought it up on Twitter. <laughs> you know what people come to this show they're like what the hell is going on here yeah. no but the reality is you, you listen to this show because you're trying to get away from all that stuff doesn't it seem like all the news now is either bad sad or controversial yeah but let me keep it real with you the only reason why the submarine thing is even a big deal is because these people are rich that's the whole thing if they were just some four cubans in the middle of the atlantic ocean and they got ate by sharks, it wouldn't even make the news. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. And they could have had a helicopter uh, live taping it. It wouldn't, been, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But, you know, you got five people down there who are very rich. And all they really want to know is, is where is that money going to go to now? That's all they're worried about, Mike. Keep it real. Man, what, nobody what, even what, knew. Nobody even knew what that was. What, what, what they was on. What that was about until they wanted to start having these little jokes about it. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm kind of. I said, well, we see how rotten people are now. What I want to know why did you have to bring the Cubans into it, man? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. You know, here's the thing, man. Uh, I'm I'm very sympathetic to them. Uh, only because if I put myself in their shoes, let me tell you something. In that tight space, I would have gone berserk. That's an understatement. I'm, I have like elements of claustrophobia as it is. So like if I'm in an elevator and then like it stops and isn't opening up like it's supposed to, I'll be like, what's going on? All right, I'm trapped in here. Nobody's going to find us. Oh, my God, I'm not going to get out. I get like all these crazy thoughts. You know, and then I'll start banging on the door. I, I can't imagine being 14,000 feet underwater in pitch black in a tight space with five other people. And there's a kid in there who's probably panicking like crazy. I just couldn't imagine, man. I just could not imagine. But it sounds like this thing maybe blew up underwater. What's it called? Implosion or something. And hopefully that's the case. And it, they got, you know, they died quickly and, and it's over and done with before they even realize that hopefully you know but um anyways we've already spent probably more time on it than we had intended to you know um pop let's let's talk about this which is chat gbt and ai have been more and more a part of the news cycle people talking a lot about them baseball's version of ai would be the robo umpire 
you're going to program it with artificial intelligence called Balls and Strikes. I just want to take a moment to say why I'm vehemently opposed to that. That would eliminate any of the old school Lupinella arguing with an umpire at home plate, taking dirt all over the place, going to get a base, throwing the base across the field. You can't do that with a robot. I say the hell with the robo umpire. And all kidding aside, look, what they're going to end up having is a bunch of walks. Because if a robot is looking for precision, unless you throw the ball perfectly in that window, it's going to be a ball. There isn't going to be like, oh, the umpire's got a wide strike zone today, a high strike zone today, a low strike zone today. It's going to be the same strike zone, and it's going to require precision ball over the plate at the right time you know six inches uh you know whatever below the elbows and above the knees and and uh the width of the plate and all that good stuff we're not going to see any kind of variance it's going to be a bunch of walks that's what it's going to be if not then pitchers are going to have to groove the ball pretty much perfectly down the middle and give up a bunch of home runs i think it's a terrible idea pop what say you well, you say it's a terrible idea. The MLB executive office has already said that, no, we're not even thinking about it now because we tried it out and it was awful. So they need to fix that before you even try to present that to us again. We're not, we're not going down that route without this being certified for sure. But I'm with you, though, Mike. Let's not start eliminating human elements so we can try to make sure we're getting everything right. I think that, you know, the umpires have a certain system, especially the home plate umpire. And I think that we're all very in tune with it. You know what I mean? There's some guys that do do more of an outside plate. There's some guys that see lower pitches and strikes. You know what I mean? It's it's and it's actually really good for the game because it does show how certain pitches can hit for a strike and certain pitches can hit for a ball and how close it can be at the same time too. There's been times where there was a strike thrown and I'll be like, damn, that might be the difference in the game. And then it is the difference in the game because you know the pitcher is couldn't get that strike out. You know what I mean? So it's fun, man. It, it's some more thinking. See that's the thing about baseball. It's a thinking man's game. You can't take the thinking out of baseball. That's the problem. That they want to take, they want you to think less and, and enjoy more. No, that's that's for football. That's 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 a that's a barbarian type situation where you say, okay, think less, watch more. Baseball, you think more and you watch and you watch what it's what's gonna be executed. You know, and pretty much let's not take away the, the the fun part of baseball. And that's the thinking part of baseball. And only I think only people that really understand that part are people that played the game of baseball, like seriously played the game of baseball. You know, so, you know, and I, I say seriously as in, yeah, if you play Little League at 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, you count. You're OK. You play baseball. You play baseball. You know, but you T-ball players, uh, uh, y'all have assistance. It's different. You know what I mean? So, you know, you was just doing that because your parents just wanted to have you doing something on a Saturday. So, you know, I truly do feel that um, 
the MLB is doing the right thing. Let's not rush this stuff. Let's make sure we do our due diligence before we do any of that. And then when we start really thinking about it, it's really awful for the game moving forward. We've already went ahead and did the um, bigger bases. We've already done the time clock, which has not been that much, which has been kind of a, a, a upgrade in a sense. But I can go without the time clock in certain situations, especially after the seventh inning. You know, let the pitchers think a little bit. Let the pitchers try to use some strategy. That's what I'm what I'm looking at right now. But, you know, all in all, everything will everything that that they make new will always adjust to it. But one thing about the robo umpire, that's something that none of us will adjust to right away. So that's going to be something that we need to really figure out as we move forward. And also breaking news, the giants 10 game winning streak just ended today and they lost irony 10 to zip to the Padres. Mike just wanted to give you that as well too. Man, I'll tell you something. Both the Diamondbacks and the Giants have exceeded expectations in a big, big way. <clears throat> Dodgers pitching is, is is showing that it's banged up. And uh, we got ourselves a race, and we haven't even talked about the Padres. Um, so the NL West has turned out a lot differently than what I had expected. And uh, it's probably going to be a much more enjoyable ride the rest of the way out. I still think the Dodgers pull it out, but you know, Arizona's winning with youth. What's the what are the Giants winning by? Like, how are they winning? It's still a mystery to me. It's a mystery to me over the last three years of Giants winning games. They just win. I can't tell you how. They're not the best hitting team. They're not the fastest team. They're not the youngest team. They're not. Uh, they don't have the best defense. They've got some pitching. I'll give them that. They've got a pretty decent bullpen. But, they I mean, who's their – do they have, like, a true ace or Cy Young candidate or MVP contender? They don't. Not, none of the above, man. And I can't even necessarily go there and say that Gabe Kapler is a great manager. They're just winning games somehow, man. They're just – I hate to use the, the old cliche, they're scrappy. You know, they just are above average in so many categories that it's for some reason it works out. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. And keep in mind, Pop, even like, you know, they missed out on obviously uh, Air Judge and, and Correa and, and some of the splashier free agent names. And then they got Mitch Hanniger. But they've been winning without him. He's been hurt. I mean, that's, that's the crazy thing about the Giants this year, man. I, had a bud, I have a buddy of mine who's a big Dodger fan, and he was like, he, he doesn't understand it not only from the Giants, from the Diamondbacks. I kind of disagree because the Diamondbacks offensively have a stud group of young guys. They're going to be good hitters for a long time. I mean, they're good enough that they can ship their prospects down to AAA when needed to get them some at-bats because they're they're fine at the big league level offensively that they don't need necessarily all the sticks. You know, they're good with their top two pitchers, but beyond that, their pitching stuff stinks, and that's going to be their demise. But I understand how they're winning. I just don't understand it for the Giants, Pop. Well, you know, uh, I understand it about as much, which is very little, as I understand how the Padres' offense, excluding today, Hasn't been scoring runs. That I don't understand. 
also, you know? I'm sorry, go ahead, Pop. Well, my thing is like this. You know, I told you all top, Mike, my, the Dodgers weren't going to be the superior ultimate team that wins 115 games and looks up and has a career, has a, has a historic season and, you know, is over here jamming every night, going on 12 game winning streaks every other uh, month, every month, you know, that's, that, that's over and done with. I, I, I told everybody the Dodgers aren't rebuilding, they're renovating because usually when you're renovating, you're still in the house. So, you know, when you rebuild, you got to get out the house. But when you're renovating the house, you're pi- you're fixing little things around the house. You know what I mean? And that's what the Dodgers are doing. They're renovating on the run right now, and they're gonna find that their perfect pitching uh, rotation. They're gonna find the right guys for the bullpen. The Dodgers got the greatest wake up call that you could get. They got swept by the uh, Giants in L.A. But to top it off, they got the worst beatdown they've ever received at Dodger Stadium. They lost the game 15 to zip because, you know, the Dodgers have given up 17, 18 runs at home. But, damn, they would score six, seven, eight runs with on, on their side. But to lose 15 to zip and then the funniest part about that was the Giants didn't score till the fifth inning. So that really was like, damn, like you guys got absolutely crushed. And, you know, pretty much um, that was a wake up call. And the Dodgers, what do they do? They come back. Kershaw pitches an absolute gem Tuesday night. Then they come back, throw out eight relievers and do the same thing. They duplicate another shutout. So the Dodgers wound up shutting them out for the last two days. So, you know what? The pitchers got a big rude awakening. I know Mark Pryor went in there and lit a fire up underneath that group. And that's why things got a little improved this week. But that doesn't mean anything because guess who's coming to town? Houston. But we know that Dodger fans are some of the most overcritical fans now. Nothing makes Dodger fans happy. I look at Twitter every single day, and there's some Dodger fan complaining about this guy, complaining about that guy, complaining about this guy. And I'm just like, well, Dodger Nation, you are very spoiled. You guys are so used to just being this ultimate team that just absolutely destroys the NL West and gets to the playoffs and underachieves. Look. The Dodgers are going through all their all their headaches now. That's perfect because I need the Dodgers to be great in July. I need the Dodgers to be great in August. I need the Dodgers to be great in September. I need them to be great in October. I'm not worried about mid-June. I need them to be great as soon as this all-star break gets over with. That's when we cut it on. You know, right now, just don't lose 10 games in a row. And when you win a, a number of games in the MLB, you're going to be in the group. Look at the Reds. They won 11 games in a row. Now they're sitting in first place. Will they stay in first place? Probably not. As I already said, I think every team in the NL Central is going to have a day in first place. Everybody. You know what I mean? Because here come the Cubs. And believe it or not, St. Louis is going to get this thing together. And the Brewers... I know you don't want to hear this, Mike, but the Brewers, they're going to be there. And that's why, you know why? Because they got a plus 140 future with me. So they're going to be there the whole season. They're they're not going away. So to me, they're the first place team until somebody says further notice because everybody else just been in first place because they've went on streaks. And once those streaks are over with, then they come crashing down very violently, just like your Pirates. 
because the Pirates, I looked up today, they're 34 and 39, 20 and 7 at the end of April. Ugh, that's not good. So pretty much you have a bad division there. But then you got the Dodgers, though, man. And they are dealing with a young upstart team in the uh, Diamondbacks who really do not care about, you know, what, what it was a few years ago. They got their team of the future right now, and they loom the danger, not just now, but for the next coming, for the coming years as well, too. They got a, probably the best pitching staff, uh, pitching rotation right now in the uh, division, and they have the best bullpen as well, too, because their bullpen literally shuts games down once you get to their bullpen. So, Arizona has a lot working in their favor, and they didn't need a great boost to their season. What they needed was was to have that confidence shown in the first uh, four games of the year when they split with the Dodgers at the Ravine. So there's it's just an exciting season, Mike. Just look at the National League standings, uh, for instance. It's, it's so close. It's a really, really close race right now, and baseball is very exciting. I don't care what anybody says, Mike. Absolutely exciting. There's no doubt about that in my mind. There's just a plethora of talent right now. It's competitive. We're seeing teams build through their minor league system. I mean, these are things that baseball has that let's just say the NFL doesn't have. You know, the NFL kind of uses that, you know, the college football scene as kind of their – you know, they pluck guys from that. But here, I like the concept of building up players, taking your time with them, having a minor league system, accumulating draft picks, trading for prospects. The system of baseball, when it works well, it is brilliant. And we're seeing that teams that have been at or near the bottom for some time like the Diamondbacks, even though the Pirates are slumping right now, um, they've they've had a nice season relative to expectations. I can go on and on and on. This is baseball beauty in a nutshell. Let's take a quick commercial break, Pop. We'll come back. We'll talk about more baseball right after this. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel voice america programs are now available on your favorite connected device including amazon alexa and google home through streams with apple podcasts tune in and iHeartRadio. listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast hey alexa play finding your frequency podcast if that doesn't work try adding on tune in or on iHeartRadio or on apple podcasts Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. 
plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Show.com. Now, back to this week's program. So we interviewing people. Back on the Mike Abadir Show, second segment here. We were just talking about baseball the beauty of the game and what we are seeing from some of the prospects that have emerged this season so far to make baseball so competitive. We've talked a little bit about the NL West, Pop. I kind of want to talk for a second about the mediocrity of the AL Central because this is a division. Let's face it, man. It's kind of been a bad division for a long time as a whole yeah usually there's only one good team per year that emerges and it rotates sometimes it's minnesota sometimes it's cleveland sometimes it's chicago white Sox. every once in a blue moon kansas city like in the middle of the you know 2000 what 13 to 16 stretch you know with hosmer and all those guys they they you know uh what Went to World Series, won a World Series, etc. Uh, you know, earlier in the decade of the two in the 2010s, the Detroit Tigers, when Cabrera was at his peak, you know, they got to World Series. But even the first three teams that I'm talking about, Minnesota, Cleveland, and Chicago, who usually are the division winner, they haven't even been to World Series in God knows how long. Why is this division? so poor consistently that's what i want to know i mean the whole division right now is either at or below 500 right and um my thing is like this my thing is like this mike this division is just bad because they have two high influxes of managers and general managers coming in and coming out of these uh, situations with these um, teams. Now, the Indians are always playing money ball, so they, they're cheap. We all know that. Um, Kansas City is always worried about – Kansas City, they'll never put a team together to where it's about signing free agents or anything like that. They literally are a homegrown situation. They have to live off the farm. Minnesota is the one team that's in the division that has an owner that's rich enough to actually go after some of the best players in baseball, but they just choose not to do that. They want to do the same thing as well, too, grow from the farm. And they all got this mentality from the Guardians from when they were able to be so successful with small payrolls. 
Now, the one team that you expect to always spend top dollar for all the players that come in there and why are they not getting the biggest name free agents when they come are the White Sox. And the White Sox used to be good at doing that, but we all have to understand the White Sox got one of the cheaper owners in baseball as well, too. Oh, Jerry Reinsdorf, the former uh, owner of the Bulls, because I can't say he still owns the Bulls because I know he, 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 I know he's, he's sold them since you know Jordan and everything because he he had to make a a, a big profit off of that team. You know what I mean? So, you know, there was no reason to keeping them, you know, if you got the White Sox. And really, you know, these owners, baseball is like their baby. You know what I mean? When you own a baseball team, it's different. You don't just get rid of your baseball team. Basketball teams, they can always move them in and move them out. Football teams, you know, it used to be where they used to recycle football teams. Now it's kind of a, a real, real uh, flex point to have an NFL team. But baseball owners, if you notice it, Mike, it's never a corporation. It's always one guy that runs a corporation. You know what I mean? So they have it to where you still have old school-minded owners, you know what I mean, To that want to save a buck. So I think that's what's the biggest problem with the um, AL Central. And also, you have a division where – they just beat each other up. Look at Detroit. Detroit beat uh, Minnesota three out of four. Then they then they go directly into losing the next game. So, you know, that's how it's been for them all season long. And pardon me, I'm just looking at the NBA draft stuff, and boy, that, I'll talk to you about it off air, but um, – it's just a really good problem to have. You know, it's bad baseball, but at the same time, too, these guys aren't giving each other any breaks either. But they got to get – but you're right, though. You have to get better. Like, look at the Royals. They're 20 and 54 going into the to the to, to tonight's game. But then you look at the A's. The A's were 12 and 50 before they went on a six-game run, seven-game run. So – when you're bad in the MLB this year, you're really bad. That's what we've been seeing. And it's crazy because when you look up at the um, Central Division, Mike, go look at the playoff standings. Four out of the five teams are in the bottom half of the American League, standings-wise. Literally eight through 12 right now. Eight through 11, something of that nature. But they are 11 through 14, something something like that. They're all at the bottom, Mike, like consecutively. And the team that's at the top is the team that's in the lead. Now, I know what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to the three-headed monster, as I keep telling everybody. It's going to come down to Minnesota, Cleveland, and Chicago. And everybody says, no, nah, Chicago's out of it. Nope. Chicago is nowhere near out of this thing because Chicago is just like the rest of these teams that keep having that are just waiting to have their eight to nine, 10 game winning streak. And then they'll be right back there in the mix. So I truly do feel that this is going to be the most exciting race when we, when it all is said and done. But yes, they are playing awful baseball. But these are the teams that you say to yourself, you got to watch out for these guys when the playoffs start because they know they ain't got nothing to lose and they know ain't nobody taking them as seriously as they should. So, you know, they the, the records are bad, but 
as they keep progressing throughout the season, they can become one of the more dangerous teams, in the more, one of the more dangerous uh, team in the playoff because they're only getting one to the playoff. But, you know, possibly things can happen. And just real quick, this is off topic, but we're going to have to get some better tailors for these draft guys, Mike. I don't know. They, they might have to go see my guy over in Beverly Hills. Not, not impressed it, with the Preds, it, huh? It, it, it's 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 looking pretty bad, but it, it's all good though. It's all good. I'm just I just don't this guy Wimby. He's wearing some he's wearing some uh, bed sheet or something of that nature. But you know, um, guy's a little cocky, bro. You know what I mean? I, I don't know, man. Uh, if you don't score 32 the first night that you're in the league, I don't think that you're going to be a legend. You know, I, you know, you know, since we, since everybody just, you know, since we, since, you know, we got to put bigger expectations on Wimby than they did LeBron. You know, Man, like he hasn't even, he, scored, he hasn't even, uh, he hasn't even played one minute yet. And, uh, he already got to throw out the first pitch at Yankee stadium. The hype is there, man. Right. He, he threw out the first pitch. Doesn't even right. play, he probably doesn't even know what baseball is. Being from France. Right. And the craziest thing about it is it's showing you where exactly where the NBA is headed, and it's not to a good place. You can't see the NBA can't survive with international players being the faces of the league because now we're just playing FIBA ball. Well, I'm going to take a, a, a contrary view from this perspective. Would you rather, if you're an owner, Let's just say you own the whole NBA. Would you rather have <laughs> would you rather have China and Europe backing you and spending lots of money or just America? I think there's more, you know, obviously there's more people in China than anywhere in the world. So if you take China and all of Europe, take all those dollars, yeah, I'll take that. Over over the United States of 350 million, I'll take three billion people over 300 million people. So I think that's kind of where the NBA is looking is abroad. I think they're okay with it. Now, with that said, I mean, let's face it: if you have the face of the league being from Serbia, okay, the Serbs are happy, but I mean that's a really tiny population. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I. Can kind of see where you're coming from pop like even if you have somebody from the uk okay well the uk doesn't have a huge population you know it's not like they have like a, a like a team of five chinese guys right without all china can be behind it you know so i uh, i said i was gonna take a contrary view but actually i talked myself out of it i, I think the dollars are there like i'm saying but i think it's more important for them to have like lots of love from the U.S. than anywhere else, because people copy us. Well, anyways. Stuff that's popular well, here is popular elsewhere. When it comes down to TV ratings, the the, the TV ratings only matter in America because they're not getting the whole global feel of, of it, you know. Um, and right now, the NBA is in a little bit of trouble because now ESPN is about to bail on this situation, and NBC is ready to return back to the NBA, but 
they, you know, NBC going to have some stipulations to it. You know that, Jeff. You know that, Mike. You know that. So pretty much, you know, they, they're going to have to probably eliminate the, you know, the, 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 the little extras that they like to do, like, you know, marching and stuff on the court and, you know, stopping games for no apparent reason and all that good stuff that they've been doing in the NBA the last few years. So pretty much they're going to have to kind of play ball because it's going to be bigger. It's going to be a lot more. It's going to be the most money that they've ever seen. And they're not going to want to just put out anything. They're not going to just want to put money behind a bad product. And right now the NBA is a bad product until further notice. You know what I mean? And I really think that the NBA will be a better product once LeBron James and Chris Paul and those guys just retire. It's not anything against them. It's just that your time to leave the NBA is now. Because when you look at it, Mike, you, you got to understand this part. No, no NBA player has stuck around this long not named Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And Kareem, even went ahead, he took second fiddle. So he wasn't the star player of the Lakers at the end point of his career. LeBron is putting so much pressure on himself that it's imploding the uh, Lakers situation from within because they don't know how to now they have this guy here and they don't know how to get rid of him. Now you see why the Cavaliers weren't so gung ho about bringing bringing him back when he left the second time. And you see that no other team was really running to sign LeBron other than the Lakers. Like they mentioned nobody but the Lakers. When it came down to it, it was nobody but the Lakers. Like usually everybody has two or three teams that they're going to visit with. It was only the Lakers for him. And it was because the Lakers had already agreed to his demands. And, you know, everybody says, oh, he should have went to. And I keep saying, oh, he should have went to the Knicks. But then when I think about it, James Dolan isn't as easy as Jeannie Buss. Jeannie Buss is a Hollywood person, so she's looking at it in a Hollywood sense. You know, oh, we're going to be bang, we're going to sell tickets, we're going to sell merchandise, we'll be the most popular team in the league again. Yeah, we need LeBron, but you already had players in place that made you the most popular team in the league again because you had grew the team through the draft. You know, if LeBron would have went to New York demanding the things that he demands in L.A., they would have said, you know what, we straight, and it would have been, and they would have embarrassed LeBron. But in LA, they're not going to do that because you know LA is really loyal to the stars. You know what I mean? As long as they're loyal to them, and I think that's the biggest burden on the Lakers right now is that they have sat up in here, and now they've sat up in here, and they thought that they were going to get one of the greatest players of all time and add him to the legacy of the Lakers, but now they're just being held hostage. Seriously, because they don't have any homegrown players that they can really say, okay, we got our homegrown guy. He's the face of the team. They don't have that anymore because they've literally, you know, blew the team up over the last six years. LeBron has played with seven different uh, rotations, and I've never seen a Laker team have to go through that. And I think that at the end of the day, this is going to be something that you know, is is very needed for when he retires. Chris Paul as well, too. They're just taking up space, in my opinion, now. Yeah, they're playing great basketball, and it's still it's entertaining, and, it, and it's what people, people pull up for. But 
once you you alleviate them, then we can get to know the rest of these guys in the NBA. These new young stars that are really talented, really good. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's just my two cents on that. Hey, man, I, I, I hear you. And I know Laker fans are just like, this guy's crazy if he doesn't love LeBron. Look, LeBron's not one of us. Just get over it. LeBron's a Cavalier. Okay? And he's an all-time heat. When it comes to the Lakers, we got too many Hall of Famers. We got too many trophies to just put him over on some upper echelon over Kobe Bryant, over Magic Johnson, over Kareem, over people that really were Lakers for 10, 12 years uh, are better. You know what I mean? Not people that just came to the Lakers because they the Lakers. You know, it's it's like A-Rod on the Yankees for me, dude. You feel me? It's like you guys aren't real, real, real legends of this franchise. You guys are, are renegades. You know what I mean? You came to us. That's the big problem of, of player movement. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. When you think of the Yankees, you're going to think of Jeter. Even though A-Rod's stats were, were way better. Right. A-Rod had, had bigger seasons. You know, Jeter wasn't hitting 45 home runs, you know, 130 RBIs and batting 325. You know, Jeter was a good shortstop for the Yankees, a Hall of Fame shortstop. But A-Rod is an all-time statistical great. Right. Not Jeter. Right? right. But yet, when you think of the Yankees, you think of Derek Jeter. And I think that's one of the big problems of player movement. In terms, like, when LeBron's retired, who are you, when you think of Le- LeBron, who are you associating him with? The Cavs? The Heat? The Lakers? How about his next team? Shaq kind of has that issue, too, because he played with a bunch of teams towards the end. But, you know, when I think of Shaq early on, I think of him, you know, with the Orlando Magic. Right. And then in those middle years, I think of him and Kobe not getting along great with the Lakers. But I think it taints some of their careers because it ain't, it, it, it ain't like Jordan with the Bulls. But even though then he went to the Wizards, you don't even think about that. Right. Or how about Kobe with the Lakers? I think it just got way more value when you are a part of the team. I don't. I don't think LeBron is a true Laker. I don't see it like that at all. This is his third team. And I think once he went to the Heat and the way that he did it, I think his reputation and his lore changed forever. That's just my take on it. Let's take our final commercial timeout. We'll be back more with Pop DiBiase and Mike Abadier right after this. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. 
From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at TheMikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back for the final segment on the Mike Avenue show and the break we were just talking a little horse racing. Gotta give love to horse racing. It's gone through some challenging times to say the least lately. The PR, the press just has not been that great. But we still love the sport that we've loved since childhood, passed down from our family and whatnot. So if you're in the LA area, Get out and support the Los Alamitos daytime meet, which will be starting tomorrow. And good luck to everybody in your big fours, big fives, big sixes, all your exotic wagering and your win bets, exactus tries, supers. Don't want to leave out or discriminate against any wager, Pop. So kind of went through, as Todd Shrupp would say, all the paramutual machinations. So we talked about one central division in baseball which was the american league you touched on the nl central a little bit with your brewers because you're going to will them to win that division but i think we got to give props to cincinnati man cincinnati reds have called up a bunch of prospects they got more rookies than i've seen a team have in a long time and they're producing and they're winning to the of 11 games in a row. You can't flukily win 11 in a row. You could maybe flukily win like five or six because maybe you just caught two. You got a series with a cold team and then you got another series with a cold team. But once you start talking about seven games, eight games, nine games, all the way to 11 games, you're onto something. You're sizzling. You're getting your, your, your mojo. Not even going to say your mojo back because Cincinnati Reds never had it. But hey, man, they've won 11 in a row. They've leapfrogged a bunch of teams in that division that they were behind. They were behind everybody at some point during the season outside of St. Louis. Now they're sitting atop the NL Central. Your Brewers aside, do you think they have staying power? The Reds are, 
I like the Reds. And I said that the Reds were a team that were going to go over the threshold of the games that they had there, but I didn't have them doing outside of fourth place this year. But that's because I was, I even said it. I said they're building a great team here. They got a lot of real, a lot of young talent that's going to be able to be really good down the road. But if anything, they'll start the process this year of becoming a good team. They're going to learn how to win at this point. Now, my biggest hangup with them is this. A lot of their uh, starting pitchers are actually on the IR right now. So they're calling up a new pitcher every week, it seems like, from the farm. And these guys are doing good. They're doing great. But we're at a point in time of the season where they got really into the chemistry of the team because of Delhi coming up. They're a big prospect, the big shortstop, 6'7", shortstop. Man, guy uh, goes, what, uh, four for six his first uh, three games, you know, all, in two games, you know, all that good stuff. And another thing is this, you know, this team just believes in themselves because nobody else believes in them. So now everybody is on the tune with the Reds. And now you see that, oh, it's really exciting when you have a team like the Cincinnati Reds winning in baseball because the Reds are another traditional MLB team, but they've been bad for so long, they haven't been able to really remind us that they're an MLB traditional team. There's about 10 teams that are real traditional teams, and the Reds are one of them. When you think of baseball, the Reds can come up and you you can name if you can name off 10 of their greatest players that team is a traditional team in the MLB and they are a traditional team in the MLB come on they had their own uh nickname the big red machine so they are just playing up to their tradition they're finally back to being who the reds are you build within, and then you try to keep this core of players intact. That's what you really say to yourself with the Reds, because the Reds were coming in 2020, but they got a little sidetracked. You know what I mean? And guys just didn't – guys just, just started to falter, and guys got a little bit older because that's another group that was developed by the Reds. So they're in a position now to where it's like, okay, we're not worried about – where we finish at, we just want to keep winning baseball games. And that's a beautiful mentality to have because it has them playing with such uber confidence. But I say, how long can it last? We're in mid-June. You want to keep this consistency going for the rest of the season. And that is going to be far from the case because we're running into the dog days of summer and guys are going to start going on the road. But I know everybody has to start believing when you go to Houston and sweep them. And you didn't just sweep them. You whooped them. You beat them up bad. And then who who else did they uh, knock off? They knocked off another really good team in the process last week as well, too. So well, they're well, let me tell you. Let me let me tell you. This whole thing started off, by the way, towards the end of May. They swept the Cubs, and then they went, and that was on the road at Wrigley. They swept them at Wrigley. They went to Boston. They took two out of three. Sorry, they took yeah two out of three in Boston. Okay. They had a bad series against the Brewers, but they won the last game in that series against the Brewers, took two out of three from the Dodgers, took two out of three from the Cardinals. These are all series wins. Swept the Royals, swept the Astros, swept 
the Rockies. And here we are. There's some good teams that I named in there, man. You know, right, they, they're they, taking care they, of business. But but you just noticed six of those six of those wins after eleven came on the Royals and the Rockies. You know where the Royals and Rockies is living at right now, right? Right. right but we're talking about the Astros, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, you know, and the Cubs are okay, I guess, uh, on the road. Um, Cubs is balling, man. They look them up. They're they're playing good baseball right now. They so are. I think they are. One six in a row. They're playing. They're playing definitely good baseball. So yeah, that just this the the way the schedule shapes up. You know, you got good teams and bad teams, and they beat good teams and bad teams. So th- that's why I say once you get to a, like your seventh, eighth game in a win streak, it's no longer a possible fluke, or you just ran into a couple of cold teams. Because once you get to game seven or game eight, that means now you're talking about three different ball clubs, and you. Can- can't go and win against three different ball clubs and not deal with a decent team in baseball, right? That just uh, that just doesn't work schedule wise. You're gonna get a good team in there, and like I said, you know they 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 swept the Cubs on the road to to won the series against Boston on the road. You know they uh, they had a crazy series that they won against the Dodgers. Yeah, um, Dodgers swept. I'm sorry, Dodgers swept that series. They gave two six run and six, six run two six run games in a row. Mike just ah! that was a yeah that was a crazy uh, crazy series, man. They end up winning nine to eight, and they end up winning eight to six. Both games that looked like the Dodgers were going to have, and the Dodgers needed Kershaw to be the stopper in the last game of the series, and they, they shut out the uh, Reds six zero. Uh, but then they went in to see Lewis on the road and kick their ass, you know, and then, you know, also the Royals and Astros were on the road. Tough to sweep on the road. They did so. Um, so the only series at home against a bad team was this, these last three games against the Rockies, and they, they took care of business. So I think the Reds are, are the real deal. I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team this year. I don't think so because of what you mentioned earlier. Pitching, lack of pitching, lack of healthy pitching. And even when they're not, even when they are healthy, Pop, I'm not necessarily thinking that they're like a great pitching staff anyways. So if you're a Reds fan, enjoy it. And the future is bright. There are good things to come for the Cincinnati Reds. I'd be pretty excited if I'm a Reds fan because they've got some pretty cool players too. Definitely some cool players to root for. You know, you mentioned Ellie, and there's that shortstop McLean, who looks to be pretty good, and he's batting like 325. Jake Fraley and Steer, the third baseman, and I could go on and on because they got a lot of young talent, and it's always fun to me to see teams do well with their prospects in the call-ups, you know, just like the Diamondbacks. Probably not very fun for Dodgers fans and Padres fans and Giants fans, to see the Dodgers or uh, the Diamondbacks are no longer, you know, their easy uh, guaranteed win. Uh, but in terms of the health of baseball and that division, kind of fun to see it, man. Uh, worth, worth, always worth mentioning the AL East. Again, another week passes, another week of the Mike Avenir show pop, and the division is still all above 500. 
They're all in the green in terms of run differential. The only division that has every single team on the plus side in the green run differential wise. And uh, the, the, the Rays have been a little bit average, five and five in the last 10. Uh, but that still puts them at 27 games above 500. So they're they're looking good. They'll be coasting into the playoffs. But the rest of this division, man, I mean, any one of these teams can finish second and uh, and and third and win wild card spots. Pop. So this division, real deal. Love seeing it. My my Red Sox are in last place, and I don't feel sad about it because they're about 500. They're doing well. They should be in this race till the very 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 end pop we only have about a minute left uh, any quick bullet point thought or two on the AL East um Rays just uh Rays got to understand that there's going to be a day where they it's going to be a week or two where they not going to be able to, to win you know consecutive games where they're going to lose consecutive games and you just hope that it ain't going to be the week that Baltimore gets hot. Because I would really love to see Baltimore win this division. I'm going to be dead honest with you, Mike. Another team that has a lot of young talent like we're talking about. So definitely pretty cool to see teams do well with young talent. I keep mentioning that over and over again because we've seen so many teams spend money with free agents and, and things don't work out that I like to give props when you actually take the time and develop players to come up in your minor league system and then they produce. It's much more enjoyable, in my opinion, for the fan base to see them grow, to see them go from nothing to a really good team than it is to just, you know, do it the old-style Yankees way, which is you just spend the most money and you bring them in. Dodgers have kind of been like that in recent years, but the difference between the Dodgers and the Yankees is the Dodgers keep developing players, so I'm not holding it against them, man. Anyways, Pop, that is all the time we've got. Uh, thank you to Voice America. Thank you to my man Jordan for all the work he does. Thank you, Pop, for uh, making the show great. And most importantly, thank you to the listeners. We will see you all same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.